This podcast is only possible because of your support. Please consider donating, if you can, using the links in the description box. I'm Elia Hubbard for the Beirut Banyan. Last weekend, I was lucky enough to have a great chat with a listener of this mini-series on how Thora opened up space for discussion that wasn't available before. Naturally, I wholeheartedly agree, and that is something I wish to explore in later episodes. But at that moment, I couldn't help but think about physical space as well. For once, my friends and I had a meeting space in Beirut where we could gather for free. For those of us who had to drive there, it also meant that we didn't have to worry about the park meter. And I'm using the word have because, as many of you know, we mostly need to drive, as public transport is disastrous in Lebanon. Whatever vehicles exist in its fleet barely work, with no schedules for them to have a shot at punctuality, and no bus stops for us to pretend there's a system governing them. What exists are local, privately operated networks to service specific areas and a few that travel between larger cities, mostly along the coastline or the Damascus Highway. And describing the state of transportation in Lebanon to illustrate how complicated it can be to go from one area to another if you don't have a car and have a limited budget. Back in the days, I tried multiple routes to come back home after long university days. I never dared using public transport to AUB because I'd guarantee missing my classes. On those journeys back in the bus, what was supposed to be a 40 minutes car ride would take me more than 90 minutes. As I eventually got a car, I'd be on the Corniche around 6.30 a.m. every weekday to be able to park within a walking distance from the Seagate. That struggle to park was a constant worry for six whole years. I'm very aware it's the least form of anxiety anyone can complain about and admit it introduced me to some great music and fellow parking strugglers who later became dear friends. As a Metin resident, I needed a car to reach my university and most other destinations, including Martyr Square. Getting around Lebanon can be described as a sort of a safari, an expedition with unknown durations, and I think it's because some people, there's no way they're city planners, believe urban areas are just opportunities for buildings to sprawl up in. Many people can illustrate this point in Beirut's mushrooming atrocities. I'll add my Metni experience. My hometown, the one I've lived in for more than 20 years but still can't elect its representatives, is a prime example of hostility towards pedestrians. My neighborhood is mostly going up a hill, and since street names and numbers are still not familiar to most of us, my literal directions to visitors coming up to visit me are left, right, then left, then right, keep going up, and then right. Whenever someone is dropping me off, naturally in their car, I always make sure to point out the lack of sidewalks on almost all streets. In their rush to milk every possible inch of real estate, no one thought about the need for sidewalks in a neighborhood that is mostly on a zigzagging slope. On normal days, that meant that I couldn't go with my mom on a walk to get groceries, because if it's raining or a bit dark during winter, any car would not see us as it was turning and we'd be roadkill. Those chances were a bit lower on sunny clear days and we'd feel like rebels doing it. That also means that strolls in these corona times are unthinkable. 
Beirut may be walkable, but those spaces are increasingly rare, with inexplicable potholes on its sidewalks, whenever those are not taken over by cars whose owners thought cement was a better tire rest. The situation is even worse in other areas. Getting around is expensive, and finding a public space in Beirut to hang out is a struggle. Thawra, just like many protests before it, gave disgruntled people the physical space to vent. It also reminded us that the people who thought Shepol was the nearest affordable spot never really wanted for coffee, and that the only respectable place to pee for free was a solid 15 minutes walk away. When thinking about the physical barriers to be in Beirut, I'm still not sure who this city is meant for. Forget about the lack of parks. I don't think my kids will even see that. Sidewalks may seem trivial for many of you, but in a concrete jungle, these spaces also offer opportunities for trees. We're not even allowed that. Someone somewhere came up with a pretty clever way to drive us out and make this urban environment hostile to people. They also made sure communities would have a hard time forming, because where would they meet? In a non-existent park or on an invisible sidewalk? Despite all of these constraints, I was lucky to meet amazing people last fall. I saw familiar faces, many I still keep in touch with, and some for whom I've lost complete respect. A protest has a way of making these things even more crystal clear. But most importantly, I made good memories that should last me some time. If you've had similar experiences with public spaces and our semi-walkable cities, do get in touch, as I'd love to feature those on the podcast. Let's keep talking. Elia Haber, signing off for the Beirut Banyan.